Okay, praise the Lord. Everyone bring the Bibles. Let's see them. Wave them around if you're proud. All right. I love the electronic. I brought my electronic Bible. Uh, worship was great. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And thank you to my lovely wife. Yeah. Who I, uh, who I asked her to do that the night before. Praise God for awesome wives. Okay. Well, let's get going. Um, worship was great. And the songs we sang were awesome and impactful. And man, if we could just really believe what we were singing there. If those songs, if we sang those songs from our heart, we would really be transformed in a way that we could not contain it. We would be overflowing with joy, overflowing with the Spirit of God, overflowing with love, passion, zeal. And sometimes as we get saved, we get delivered, we get baptized, we go through the motions as Christians, we go through different classes, we go through different things. We kind of seem to cool off, maybe. Maybe... You know, worship didn't seem quite as strong as the week before. Or as you move down the road five years with your walk with the Lord, maybe we stopped sharing with people. We're, I don't know, content. We feel like we're in a good spot. And everything's going great for us in our lives. And then we call on the Lord as we need Him. And we call on the Lord to reveal different things to us. But we may not... Have that passion, have that zeal. And I could tell you one of the things that's close, near, and dear to God's heart, Pastor Mark's heart, is Jesus hates empty seats. Who remembers that message? Raise your hand. Jesus hates empty seats. And this whole building thing is not about the building, it's not about status symbol. I mean, look at the church we're in now, it's not about status symbol. Praise (laughs) the Lord, we've done well. (laughs) Thank you, Megan. Uh, you know, I remember the first time coming to church here, and I was like, we're going to church there? And uh, we pulled inside, and I'll tell you what, the Spirit of God was here, and that's why we're here. It's for God, not for the building. And it's going to be the same way over at the new facility as well. It's not because of the building. That is just a tool for us to use to affect people's lives with the gospel. Amen. Especially that second song that we sang. What was the name of that again? Only One for Me. Holy cow. Thank you, Lord. That is a great song, and as I've been doing some studying and, and really uh, putting some notes together for tonight, when we, that song came on, I was like, whoa, man, if we just actually believe this song and execute it on this song, holy cow, we would have to tear down the new building that we just built, and we would take over Sensi across the street, we'd build a bridge going over... <laughs> We'd be shutting this place down. Everyone would be like, oh my goodness, we got to go there. And that's just the way it is. And, and it, really the, the heart of God is sharing his love with others. Sharing who he is, what he did for us on the cross with others. And it's a sad fact. It's a sad fact that it happened to me even. That after a little bit of time, I, start closing, I started closing my mouth. I stopped sharing with people simple things. And before you know it, I was afraid to talk to people. Me. 
afraid to talk to people. Little old grandmas I'm afraid to share Christ with. And I'm like, and I remember going home one night and I was like, what the heck happened to me? What happened to me? Because as of, you know, three, four, and this is recent, as of three or four years ago, man, I, you couldn't shut me up everywhere I went. I wore the shirts. I would have gotten the tattoos if I liked needles. I hate needles. You know, I would have put the bumper stickers on my car just to cover up the paint, you know. I'm just kidding. But to do all that, just to share the love of Christ, and it, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no clue, but I just tell you what, excitement, zeal was inside of me, and I had to share with someone else. And that's what I want to do today. My goal today is to stir you up, get those juices flowing again, get the cranks out, cranks out, you know, everyone go like this. That's right. Stir yourself up. Paul said to Timothy to stir the gift up that's inside of you. Um, you know, one of the main reasons why we have the fivefold ministry and the reason why they travel around is so when they go to an area, they stir that up in that area. They stir that up. And I'm hoping tonight that I stir you up in the area of evangelism. Praise the Lord. We are called to share the good news with people. We're called, each and every one of us. Once you enlist, once you get saved, you're now called. And it's not out of obligation. It's not out of, I have to do this. (laughs) Sir, ma'am, you know Jesus. Don't hit me. It's out of excitement. It's out of love. It's out of the new character and nature that has now been birthed and created new inside of you. And it's just amazing. So, the definition of evangelism. Does anyone know that off the top of their head? Good, neither did I. (laughs) Okay, it's a minister or layperson who serves as a traveling or special preacher, especially a revivalist. Do we have any of those in the house tonight? We've got one, praise the Lord. Soon to be, right? Okay. How about this? I like option number two, same dictionary. A preacher of the gospel. Do we have any of those tonight? Come on now, come on now. If you're saved, raise your hand. If you're saved, you are now officially a preacher of the gospel. And you have no choice. Now, whether you use words to preach that, which we should, because hopefully none of us are mute. And if you are, we'll get that fixed. Whether we use words or actions, we should always be preaching the gospel. So, I want to encourage you with three points. One, if you're writing, taking notes, first note is this. Evangelism is win-win. Who likes to win? Who would shut down a casino if you knew every time you put something down, you'd win? (laughs) You best believe I would be there first. I'm like, get out of my way. It says, it says, the Bible says that, the wealth of the uh, sinner is laid up for the just, baby. I'm up in here. Yeah. <laughs> Shutting that place down. No, but it's a win-win. So by a show of hands, I have a, a question for you. Who has ever been beat up for the gospel's sake? One, two. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Give me some love. Thank you. Who's ever been cursed out for the gospel's sake? All right. Getting better. Spit on. No? How about slapped? Um, treated inappropriately. 
Okay, okay. How about bad things said about you? To friends, neighbors, or any family? Family's the worst. <laughs> Coworkers, anyone. Now, we all should have our hand raised. If you don't have your hand raised, then you haven't been talking to anyone. We need to just stir that up in you. Okay, so I have exciting news for us. When we get to heaven, because of that reason, we get what? Rewards. Who likes proof? I love proof. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Now I've got a lot of uh, scriptures we're going to be going through. I like seeing it in the Bible. And I always believe in the 20-20 rule. So you can get the notes of this. 20, 20 verses before, 20 verses after, the verse that you use. That way you never take it out of context. And uh, I'll see if you guys are paying attention. So here we go. Uh, verse 11, Matthew 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil things uh, against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. Everyone say rejoice. rejoice. I am, say I am, I am. Exceedingly, glad. exceedingly glad. For great is my reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets before us. Now, obviously, I was just adding that as a, as a person text, but rejoice. Be exceeding glad, for great is our rewards in heaven. So I know Pastor Allen put on the uh, Facebook. I love Pastor Allen. You guys, when Pastor Allen gets back, love on that man. Buy him some sushi or something. You know, he's getting f- frustrated with people blocking, quote-unquote, blocking the gospel, but I have a good word for him as well, uh, how much the Lord loves us and how great his rewards are. But here's two things I need to point out here. One, great. How big is great? A lot. That's pretty good, considering we're on this earth for what? Bible says 120 years max, really. Uh, And we're on this earth, an average in America, like 70 years, 75 years or something like that. And uh, and eternity's how long? Yeah, I want to be sitting pretty pretty in heaven, you know. This earth, eh, whatever. But in heaven, I want some great rewards. Okay, the other thing is this. Falsely and for my sake. So if you're acting stupid, and you've got the bumper sticker on the back of your car that says, I love Jesus, and or the fish without the legs, and you're driving around crazy, right? You know, I I'm, can be accused of that before in my old life when I was younger. You know, I grew up with the Fast and Furious, one, two, and three, four, five, and six, and seven, eight, nine, ten, hopefully. And uh, come on now. So I'm swerving, weaving, cutting people off, slamming on the brakes, doing all kinds of things, getting everyone all upset on I-84. And everyone's giving me the American Eagle saying, we love you. And I'm saying, thank you, Lord, they're upset at the bumper sticker or the fish. You know, you get my drift falsely for my sake. Okay. And for Jesus' sake also. So if you're getting cursed out, it's not because of, uh, you know, things you might have done foolishly. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I just want to say funny stories. Uh, We go out to prison. Uh, there's, There's a prison outreach that we have here. And we go out there. We have a great time. And it is so funny how many people out there are like, man, I'm suffering for the gospel right now. I'm out here for the gospel. What did you do? I robbed a bank, but I'm out here for the gospel's sake, you know. 
I'm serving time. I'm living for the Lord. Yes, you are. Praise the Lord you are. But that's not what got you out there. So just a funny story. Okay. We always win when Jesus is preached. We always win when Jesus is preached. Always. Okay. The gospel is a polarizing issue. People will either tell, tell it out of love or tell it out of contention, meaning they hate it. You'll, you'll find that a lot with people, too. Either they'll be open to it or extremely closed against it. Um, you know, personally, I've heard and experienced that myself. There's, um, I don't know, just real-life stories here. Um, I'm a simple man. I like simple, simple analogies. There's a man who walks across the street, down and back forth here, and to go to work or whatever, he carries a little cane. He's blind, and he's been approached twice. And both times he said, I don't believe in God, and blankety-blank. So, praise the Lord. But he will, speaking this out, he will come to know the Lord someday. We'll be consistent. But don't let hate or anything else stop you. Let's turn to Philippians 1, chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Philippians 1, verse 15 through 18. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach from selfish admonition, not sincerely uh, supporting, or excuse me, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed of the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and it is, or excuse me, and this I rejoice, yes, I will rejoice. Christ will be preached, however. So when your parents and family are rejecting you, when you're suffering for the Lord, like I said, family is brutal. Brutal sometimes, you know. Especially when they don't believe what you believe. And they're sitting there sick and dying, and, and you, you just ripped out in your heart, and you're, you're speaking truth in their life, and they're rejecting it. Just believe that that's making an impact, and that they will be preaching to other people. Can you believe so-and-so said at my work that Jesus was Lord, guess what? They're preaching him. Can you believe that he said this, that God would heal me? Thank you. Jesus being preached. Keep going. Keep going. Keep hating on Jesus. You'll see. You'll see. You know, it's been my experience that Jesus is like the... Uh, Jesus, don't take this the wrong way, but Jesus is like the greatest virus ever. You know, once he hits mankind, he spreads like wildfire. I mean, there's no stopping him, no containing him. And so I just, yeah, I love him. I love Jesus. Do we have some Jesus lovers in the house? Praise the Lord. Okay, so when you suffer for the Lord, rejoice. Know that great is your reward in heaven. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have walked the same road that we've walked, and we will continue to walk together in the Lord. You know, it's okay to be under pressure. It's okay to be beat up for the gospel. It's okay to be spit on. It's okay. You know why? It's because we come back together as a group, and we also rest on the Lord and what he says and his promises. That it's not for nothing. It's not that, you know, when I die, I go to oblivion, and I'm just empty life. There's nothing to live for at that point. But we have something to live for. There's a greater hope. 
There's a life to come. And it's going to be awesome. I'm pumped about the life to come. Woo! I don't want to go there right now, but I'm pumped. I mean, i got some things I want to do. Okay, the second one is this. <clears throat> we are all called to evangelism. And this is where the title of the message came. There are some things that never change. We are all called to evangelism. Let's look at uh, Mark chapter 16. You guys could probably quote this. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20. <clears throat> Can I get an amen when everyone's there? Or an oh me. All right, got two, that's good enough. Mark chapter 16, verses 15. And then he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is ba- um, and is baptized will be saved, but he who does, does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow you that believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents if they drink any deadly thing, and by no means it will hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Okay? What was the first part, though? Go to all the world and preach. Now, that's pretty exciting. Uh, And then verse 19 says this. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up in the heavens, sat down at the right hand of God. Praise the Lord. Now, don't don't we know that, and Pastor Mark said this as well, you know, when someone gives you last instructions before they leave, you might want to pay a little bit extra, you know, special attention. Like, this one's really matters. Like, okay, kids, you know, we're setting you out to babysit. You know, I got the 14-year-old girl babysitting, you know, with a couple of infants. And, you know, as a parent, as I, me being a parent, the last thing out of my mouth would be important. If anything happens, call me. You know, I, I don't care. I'll give you $100 for an hour. I don't care. I'll pay you whatever. Just call me. Let me know. And, you know, get out of the house if it starts on fire or, you know, something else. You know what I mean? Be smart. So the last thing... You want is someone to actually pay attention to the last instruction that you give. You give a little bit more credence to that, okay? And this is what is a miracle in itself. And this is what, you know, we inspire to do. That's what we are doing. That's what we're going to do. Is this, verse 20. You guys ready? And they went out and preached everywhere. (laughs) Come on, praise the Lord now. The Lord working with them and confirming his word through accompanying signs. Amen. Come on now. They obeyed. They obeyed. Now, as, as Christians, and as being a believer since I was 12, and really walking with him for the past seven years or so, you know, there's, there's a big difference between knowing and doing. There's a big difference between saying you believe and believing, therefore acting. Does it make sense? You know, I believe, you know, whatever. And yet, you, you know, money's easy one, right? Money's really close to everyone's heart. You know, I believe that God will supply all my needs. And then, yet you never give to anyone that's in need. You know, you never give at all. Do you really believe that? Does that is that really acting in your life? You know, that's, that's really the gut check. I really believe that Jesus is my all in all. He's my passion. He's my love. There's nothing, nothing like him. He's higher than anything. He is just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. He delivered me from this and that and this and that. And I never talk about him. 
Do we really believe that? Is that really what's stirring inside of me, inside of you guys? And I'm, and I got a quick note. It is a choice, but it's a good choice. Really quickly, um, two guys came up, to, or one gentleman came in uh, on Friday, asking for money to get to get to get to Emmett. He ran out of gas, and I went outside and talked to him. And I was like, I had a choice. Do I stand out here in 95-degree weather for 20 minutes and talk to this guy and sweat my you-know-what off? Or do I talk to him about the Lord? And we wound up having a conversation. They both got saved, delivered on the spot. It was awesome. I took their cigarettes from them. I said, you won't need this anymore. And then I properly went around the corner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on. That was funny. Come on. Just kidding. <laughs> okay, next is this. Go and do. You know, we're still living in this world. We still have the commission. The commission hasn't ceased. You know? He has not repealed his word yet, nor will he forever. Has he repealed his word? Therefore, it still stands. Okay? The question is, where in our sphere of influence, you know, some people are called to go to the nations. Some people are called to go to the grocery store. (laughs) Some people are called to stay within one mile of their house. One mile, never leave that area. This woman in Africa I heard from, um, yeah, uh uh-huh, just got back. Ethan C. He said the one thing that really stood out to him was there was this little old lady who had never been a mile away from her house, Christian lady. Never in her entire life. What is our sphere of influence? Is it our coworkers? Yes. Is it, you know, California to, you know, New Mexico? Wherever we go, we have a sphere of influence of people around us, whether it be the waitress, whether it be the gas station attendant, anyone. So my question is to you is, where's our sphere of influence. Well, I'll tell you one, one of the major ones is the Treasure Valley. And we have an awesome tool available for us, and that's the new building. And we should utilize that opportunity and say, come and see. You'll be all getting one of these later. Come and see. You know what this is? This is a track. It says nothing about Jesus on it that I know of. Life Church. This is church. This is a track. Because you go get them, because you don't invite people to church, like Pastor Mark says. You bring people to church. You go get them, you bring them in, and you know what? You know they're going to hear the good word. They're going to hear the gospel. The gospel is you've set people, Jesus has set people free from everything, and he's healed them. Okay, let's move on. You guys are being very patient with me. Thank you very much. Um, let's turn to Matthew 12, verse 30. This is pretty sobering uh, scripture here. Um, you know, it's one of those things that just kind of a gut check. Um, and if you look at it, you know, it does go with the Lord's character. And praise the Lord, here we go. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. The question is, are we gatherers? Are we scatterers? And you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of us scatter by omission. 
Meaning, if you're not gathering without you realizing it, you're allowing it to scatter. Does that make sense? So the word is like a seed, as we know, that, uh, you know, well, I'll get into that in a minute. So let's go to uh, point number three. Here's some exciting news. If you've been slightly depressed by what I had to say, a little gut check, good. But I have some exciting news for you to hopefully put smiles on your faces. Since everyone got really quiet and really somber for a minute. Might have Joe come up here and sing that song again and get you livened up again. Here we go. Whew. Okay, point three. It is not us, but it's all him. We don't get people saved at all. We don't get anyone delivered at all. We don't do anything but tell them what has already been done for them. And all they have to do is receive that by faith. We don't do it at all. It's God's perfect grace on our life. It's grace. I'm not preaching law here. Grace. And as we drink that grace straight, as we read his word and know that he's already done it, that will naturally stir up inside of us the desire to share with other people. So here we go. I want to show you that, prove to you that it is grace. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is. What is? Paul? The gospel is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. Isn't that beautiful? Oh, man. All we have to do is actually believe for ourselves the good news. Believe for ourselves the good news. And as we do, once again, it stirs up inside of us that desire to share with other people. Okay. It is God who draws people to himself. You don't even get to draw people to God. It's God who does it for you. I mean, come on. Jesus has stacked the deck for you. He set up the whole slot machine that any time you go in and pull that handle, you're getting rewards. He stacked the deck. He said, all you got to do is open your mouth and you'll get rewards in heaven and there'll be fruit from that. All right, let's go to uh, John chapter 12. I told you guys I was going to make you work tonight. Verse 31. Now this is the judgment of the world. Now that the the ruler of the world will be cast out. And if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to myself. That's Jesus. It's God who gives the increase. It's God who draws himself. Remember that. I forget, I don't know off the top of my head, I'll just say it. It's Jesus said, the world does not hate you, my little children. It hates me. And because I am in you, therefore it hates you. You realize it has nothing to do with us except for us being the mouthpiece of God. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then... Neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Chapter, or verse 7 as well. Isn't that amazing? 
God, I'm telling you, he's just, he's too good. He's too good. The same promises that he says, I will supply all my needs according to the riches of glory through Christ Jesus. My God, Paul saying that. He's saying in Malachi that he'll open the windows of heaven. He's saying all these different blessings on our life. He's healed us. He's prospered us. He's put the Holy Spirit in us as a seal and that we can use him. We have got the power of God living inside of us. We have him living inside of us. And he said, I've done it all for you. Just walk in it. Okay? All right. So it's not our job to do anything but to water and plant, throw seed out there. And it's really easy. It's not complex. I'm, like I said before, I'm a simple man. I love simple things. Ask Kelly. She doesn't even get gifts on normal holidays. I hate it. I don't buy her roses because they die. They're not useful. I bought her a printer for Mother's Day. It's probably the very best gift I've ever given her. She uses that thing nonstop. I love it. But that's me. Simple guy. I like really simple things, and I like them to work. I don't want to have to be a nuclear reactor to get someone saved. A genius, right? I've got a sign that says genius with an arrow pointing up. Uh, a t-shirt. I don't want to have to go in here and tweak this knob and tweak that knob and hit that switch just right. And I don't want to have to go in there and put my little CD on in the middle of the, uh, you know, the marketplace and have the music just right, the atmosphere just right, before I can open my mouth and say, Jesus is Lord of my life. You know, I don't want to have to do that. I want to be able to say, okay, this is pretty simple here. God, you made this pretty simple. Paul even said, all his education, he considered it to be nothing. He said, all I want to know between you and me right now, between some of these churches, was Christ and him crucified. That's it, Jesus. And that's the gospel that I like. The gospel that works anywhere, at any time, and guaranteed. Seal of approval. Okay. This is good news. It's been given us to preach. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Well, I told you I guys were going to work, you guys. Probably too much. That's why you bring your Bibles, electronic ones. They need to put a little app on here that whenever you like switch pages of the Bible, it goes through the microphone. It makes me feel comfortable that you guys bring your Bible. Don't want it all quiet for like two minutes. This message has been given us to tell the whole world. So let's start with the Treasure Valley. Praise the Lord. Start with the Treasure Valley. Romans 10, verse 14. How shall they call on him who they have not heard? How shall they believe in him who they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. There's one more thing here before I stop. Glad tidings of good things. Jesus is going to send you to hell. And I was on the WWF. My name is Matt the Macho. No. That's not the message we preach. We preach it's finished. God did it. Accept it. Love it. Jump in on it. Both feet. Don't tippy-toe in. If it's really God, serve Him. That's what we're preaching to people. The love. Oh, man. 
You know, Todd White is really great at it. You know who else was really great at it? Jesus, you know. Um, you know, walking up and saying, you need a touch. Let me give you a hug. You need this. Boop. You need that. Someone comes to me, oh, that's what you need? Well, actually, yeah, you need a few bucks, but actually what you really need is Jesus who will supply you forever. That's what you really need. Let me give you this, and let me give you this, too, and send you on your way. That's what, that's the gospel. That's the beautiful part. So I only have like two minutes here. I had a big, long story I was going to read you, but I'm going to tell you a quickly abbreviated story of a man, Mr., what is his name? Um, anyway, I've got his name. Mr. what? Jenner. That's right, Jenner. I should have remembered that. Mr. Jenner is his name. He lived in Australia. He lived off George Street. You can put, I'll show you this testimony on Facebook. He lived off George Street. And for 40 years, he handed out tracts. For 40 years, he said, Lord, he, let me just tell you quickly of his life. He lived a debauchery life. He was in the Navy. He was doing all the things that unsaved military folk do, which I've been around a few of them, and they do some pretty crazy stuff. And uh, <laughs> we got one. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, confirmation right here. Um, he lived this life of just insanity, going straight to hell, and probably didn't know there was any other thing out there. And this one guy came up to him, his co-worker, and continually preached Christ to him. Didn't force it on him, just reinforced it. And as he went, as he lived his life, he came and hit the wall. Everyone's going to hit the wall one day. And he said, this guy has been consistent in my life. I'm going to go to him and talk to him. And he got saved that night. And he said, made a promise. He said within 24 hours, his life had completely changed. He became the Lord of his life. And he made a promise to the Lord that every day he would hand out 10 tracks. 10 tracks. <clears throat> and so as he went on, these, many years later, he would go and he just simply ask, you know when you die, you go in heaven or hell. People go, uh, 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 either take the track or throw it away or walk on, do whatever. And he got some people saved. Yay, great. That's awesome. But over those 40 years, he had touched so many lives and did not hear back from one of those people that he gave out tracks. He gave out, I'll tell you the number, over 140,000 tracks in that amount of time. And over, the, like I said, those 40 years, he didn't hear back from one. Well, someone came and found him and said, this little white-haired old man accosted me on George Street in um, Australia. And he said, are you going to go heaven to hell? And he goes, well, sir, I'm a preacher of the gospel. And they just had a little conversation. He took the track, went on his way. <clears throat> Over a three-year period of time, he ran into dozens of people who had met the same man and had their life changed by that track, by, of course, the gospel, but his consistency to just to hand out tracks. That one of the men became... Uh, colonel or whatever in the Marine Corps, and now is over a thousand other Marine Corps 
uh, what do they call those? Chaplains. Another one came from India. He was a diplomat for India. And now they have over uh, 5,000 pastors because the one man got saved. And they had a huge revival of over 90,000 people. This guy never heard anything. So he came back after three years and sat down and talked to him. The man was about to die. He was in his late 90s. He was really old and frail and stuff. And he went back and he just told them the influence that a simple track was having on people's lives. And that's what I want to encourage you tonight. The ushers are here in a minute. On the way out, actually, they'll just have them available if you want to take a track. John G. Lake said this. This is important. My last words. It is faster and easier to act your way into believing something than to believe yourself into acting. Believe into acting. So I challenge you tonight, I challenge you these next couple of weeks, take some of these. Act your way into believing that Christ is real, alive in your life, and has done something for you. If he hasn't, you can come up here after service, and I guarantee you, we'll show you that he's real. And that he'll, he'll set you free from whatever you want. Take one of these, take a track on the way out, and give it to someone. You don't know. That one person could wind up be your neighbor's friend who winds up getting your neighbor saved. And finally, he'll shut the dog up. (laughs) You never know, right? All right. So I challenge you that with that for this next week. Um, It's going to be amazing. And I want to hear these testimonies. Write them out. Send them in. I went out and just randomly talked to the waitress that was serving me. Hey, and said, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? And what's your answer? And be ready. Just say, hey, Jesus loves you. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. He set me free. That's why testimonies are so big. He set me free. He'll set you free. Just accept him. Pray for them right there, and you watch. Instant change in people's lives. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for your word. <clears throat> that burns in our hearts. I thank you for the passion you put placed inside of us. I thank you, Lord, that we are doers of the word, not hearers only. Thank you, Lord, that we accept. We accept your commands in our life. We accept your love that spills out of us. We accept your grace your unending love (laughs) we accept that you die that the whole world would know you not just a few Lord we love you we thank you we just praise you